Hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. Want to do a podcast? Yes. Too bad. We're okay. not going to do a podcast. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Bye-bye. April Fools! That was that was yesterday, or probably like three weeks ago. Yeah, it was whenever when whenever you came into this temporal rift that we've uh, created. Hello and welcome to hack. Bleh. Hello and welcome to hacking the Grepson. This is episode. 40. This is this is forty. This is forty. This is episode forty. We are officially old timers now. Can you believe we've done thirty nine other episodes of this insanity? I cannot. To be fair, I didn't. I wasn't in all of them. There was like two that I wasn't in. So. That's true. Well, thanks to the other yeah, rest of my family for filling in when Matt was totally not down with this stuff. When I was useless. Do. Yeah. Uh... Man, this 40th episode is not starting off like... I wanted this to go in with a big bang, and I'm just like, what, what is... Anyway, uh, you know what? To cap off the occasion, let's do another episode in the series that I started some number ago called Music Dev, where I talk about how music and development are basically the same thing with different words. Yes. Yes. Let's do it. All right. Okay. I still don't know anything about music. Here we go. All right. Cue song. How'd you like that song? That was cool, right? That was uh, very programming. Yeah, and now we're going to talk... Okay. Uh, <laughs> this is all going to go away. I'm going to edit all this out. This is garbage. Okay. This, this is going to be like... <laughs> hey, Matt. Hey, Mike. <laughs> this is 40. <laughs> Music dev. Music. Random laughing. We're already at minute two, and we have done basically nothing. Okay. So, yes, we're going to do another Music dev episode, and uh, I finally uh, got another one together just to... Do a quick recap of the other two that we did in this series. I started off with talking about libraries, where we talked about using, you know, like, I don't have an orchestra in my house, so I use a library to play strings. And just like with programming projects, you don't necessarily have a bunch of code that's already been written and figured out, so you use libraries. Um, the next one we did was looping, where we talked about how looping is like a, you know, foundational programming aspect where you just want the computer to keep doing something while a condition exists, yep, and then stop. And, you know, entire genres of music are uh, predicated on the idea of just looping like a four-bar thing and a beat over and over again. Um, in that vein, another major thing that you do in both programming and music creation is iteration. Matt, how would you define the word iteration? I would define iteration. How would you start... The definition, and then potentially add more detail. To I would later. define iteration as being you have a collection of things, like an array, and mm -hmm. often or a list in in software, and you go through each of them one at a time. You mm -hmm. iterate over the list, or you iterate over the collection. Mm -hmm. That's how I would describe that. I like that. I hadn't even thought about that. That's great because I needed more content for this episode. Good. So I will go back to that. When I was talking about iteration, I was talking more about, like, in the Agile MVP kind of way. And that's the other way I would define it. And what would that definition be? So that kind of iteration is you start with something. Uh, the the 
bare bones of the structure of your software or whatever you're building, mm-hmm. and then you refine it mm-hmm. or you add to it or whatever, and you keep doing that until you have your final product. So exactly. you, you keep iterating on the same topic right. until yes. you're done. And I love that you use that first definition because that actually is even more like music than the other one that you gave, I think. I, I was afraid it would uh, hit too much onto loops because it's very similar to loops. It is. It is. But to go to the second definition, which is the one I wanted to bring up, is um, h- how I wrote it here was, when coding anything, there is constant iteration, which is the process of doing something, checking its status, and then either modifying it or expanding it until the project is done. Yes. Uh, usually that project that you're working on is the solution to a problem. It's the heart of Agile. Get an MVP as soon as possible get feedback, and then constantly iterate on that, which is in you know stark contrast to Waterfall, where you basically try to get all the specs and ideas and um, sign off from people yeah. before you even start working yeah, on the This is exactly what this needs to look like when it's done. Right. We're all going to agree on 100% of that. Yes. Okay, everyone agrees. Now you can start working on it. Right. Um, we should take a moment and define MVP for okay. people who don't know it. It is not most valuable player. Right. It is... Oh. Wow. It flew out of my brain. Minimum Minimum viable viable product. product. (laughs) Yes. And that is three words that everyone knows the definition of most of those. Not everyone knows what viable means. Yeah. And together, everyone always gets wrong. It's not a prototype, necessarily. Mm -hmm. A minimum viable product means it is the least you can do. That's Mm -hmm. the minimum part. That you can add on to mm-hmm. the viable part. That's a product. That does something useful, and that's the product, right? right. Minimum viable product. Yes. And people get that wrong in Agile all the time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's why a lot of people dislike Agile is because they screw up what MVP means. Mm. So what you're saying is people don't like a thing because they suck at a thing. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Got it. So uh, let's bring all that, because I, I mean, I feel like we've talked about all that stuff in programming on a few episodes. Yeah. So let's go to music. Yeah. Um, so there's music composition where you're basically making a piece of music. Now, when I think about how that's like iterating, I think of here's a pattern that I usually go through when I'm making a piece of music for any reason, really. You start with, say, a beat, like a drum beat. You start with, uh, or a chord progression, you know, like A, C, D, something like that. Or you have a melody, like you just hear, and you you know you sing that melody, and then you want to put chords underneath it or a beat underneath it, depending on the genre of music. It really depends. Is there also um, another another seed for that initial iteration? Might be like a jam, right? Like where you're just with people and you're sure. all kind of playing around, and then someone's like, "Oh, I like that." Yes. And then you iterate on that, and then that that seed is then one of those yeah. things you mentioned. The, basically, the, the jam session would be sort of like in development when you get everybody together and you brainstorm okay you know what what is the issue like what what uh, problem do we see and what is a potential solution to it yes so my problem in music composition is i don't have a finished piece of music how do i go about solving that problem with a solution and so like i said i might start with one of those things uh let's say for example i go to logic and i grab one of their predefined uh sampled beats like a drum beat you know four boom you know whatever and i just put that on a loop and i listen to it and i'm like okay you know is this is anything coming to me and then i might like bring up my midi keyboard and just play something either like a chord or play a melody 
or maybe there'll be a sample of something that I like. So that drum beat is not in and of itself enough to constitute the MVP no. in your mind. It has no, to no, be no. you adding your unique thing into that. Yeah, I don't even I wouldn't even say that's at the prototype stage. Right. That's like the that's like I'm building a house and I'm just like uh, okay, but where can I get the lumber first? Okay. You know, so that's the lumber. Right. And then uh, you know, obviously I need to start drawing up some plans you know, how do I put the lumber together? And so I listen to that. I look at my lumber. I think about what a house looks like. And I'm like, okay, what kind of house do I want? Uh, so I grab, like I said, the keyboard or the guitar. So you're looking for inspiration. At that I'm point. looking for inspiration. I mean, I get inspiration all the time just listening to other stuff. I, I write more music after I've listened to music. If I'm not in a current listening to a lot of music phase, I'm not necessarily thinking about making it. So that's definitely a part of it. That totally makes sense to me. Yeah. So I listen to, to that for a while. And like I said, let's just say that I get to a point where I've got the beat, I've got some chords, I have, and I have maybe a melody that goes with that. Some, something, you know, a verse, you know. Um, and then I'm like, okay, I've got an idea for a verse. Well, we need to go into a chorus now. Something that repeats that everybody, you know, don't bore us, get to the chorus. I add that to it. Then I go back and I listen to that for a while. Uh, I'm like, okay, we need to add a bridge. We've heard the verses and the choruses. We need that middle eight that they call it sometimes, which another word for that is the bridge, okay. which is basically like different different chords, different mood, different feel. Maybe the, the dynamics go down or they go up, like the loudness. We remove instruments. We add, you know, there's lots of different ways to go about it. I'm translating all this stuff into improv speak in my head as we go, which is really Perfect. interesting. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, and then I listen to that. And then I might go back and like, mm, didn't like how that verse was, might add an instrument here, might take one away, might add another verse, might add an intro, might add an outro, until I finally get to a thing where I'm like, okay, this is something that I'm now calling a thing rather than like it's more the the, the sum of it is more than its parts. I was gonna I was gonna use that exact phrase. So I'm glad Yes. I'm glad that that's where you went. Otherwise, I was not following. And I think at <laughs> that point, at that point, we're at the MVP. If you want to talk about it in prototype uh, form, I think just having like a 30-second segment of it where it has like a beat and a rhythm and a melody, that could be the prototype. I'm like, okay, what kind of song is this? You know, what genre is yeah. it? How fast is it? How loud is it? What instrumentation? That is the prototype. But then once I have like... The full thing, three minutes plus. Now we've got the MVP. Now, how did I get there? I was iterating. I was, at, I added one thing to it, and then I added more. And I listened and I thought about. I might let someone else listen to it, get feedback, add more things, get feedback, change it, put it away for a while, uh, work on something else, do something completely unrelated to music, come so, back. Later. So you're even iterating before you get to the MVP oh, stage. Yes. That's interesting. Okay. Now. Now, why is that interesting in music versus development? I don't know. In my mind, the MVP is sort of the first thing that sees the light of day outside of the people working on it, mm. right? Um, usually. It doesn't have to be, because often... But, but not the prototype, right? That's the internal, prototype, general... Even the prototype, you, I guess you might show the prototype to somebody. You might iterate on the prototype to get to the MVP, and I think that's kind of what you're doing as you're right. building this. But, but isn't that mainly internal, not external? Yeah, but you might show your stakeholders at some okay. point that are external and be like, yeah. is this kind of what you're thinking? Like, right. the, like, maybe from like a looks perspective. Yeah. So if someone asked you to write a song, you might come and be like, you know, you know, Mike, I really want you to write me a song about a dog. 
and you're like, all right, uh, I wrote you a song, and like I I got this as kind of like the hook, and mm-hmm. like maybe you play like just like that little little bit, and you're like, yeah, I don't know, you know, or mm-hmm. yeah, okay, I like that, yeah, build on that, yeah, just enough to get feedback to know you're going in the right direction, right? I could see that being like that's where you might use like a prototype in dev, yeah, and I could see how, so so you sort of do that, but you're looking for feedback. From yourself or from, or by getting some distance from it or from other people or whatever as you go. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and I mean, I think you bring up a really good point about the, I think the getting feedback part is crucial to iteration and agile and music production because it's very easy to be insular, especially in music because it's such a creative thing. It's so easy to be like, I know what I like. I know what I've done before. I know what instrumentation I have and is available. Like, I know, like, if you ask me, what does, what do I sound like, like, as a musician? It's hard to say that, but I know in my head, I know what I sound like. Like, I know when something sounds like the kind of stuff I would put together with the kind of instruments I use. Um, But putting that out into the world in some way, like letting someone else uh, listen to it, um is important for that feedback and to keep the iteration going because a lot of ideas die because like I find them kind of interesting, but not interesting enough to push forward. And so that iteration just kind of stops. I don't get feedback. I don't listen to it and add more. It just kind of like goes into the back burner. You scratched that itch creatively and then it's like, okay, but it's not enough to, yes. Yeah. I can definitely relate to that. I would say the (laughs) voice, the voice memos app on my phone is where (laughs) sketches both live and go to die because like, that's where like, Oh, I have an idea in my head. I either have lyrics or I have a melody or I have a rhythm or a drum beat. And I'm like, if I don't put this down somewhere, it will never get iterated on into anything else. It will remain just an idea. And so that's where it goes. My notes app looks like that for story ideas. Yes. Um, and they, that, that is the graveyard for those because it's mostly a place for it to get out of my brain so I stop thinking about it. Yes. And then if I actually had the dedication and time and talent to work on those things, I would go and iterate on them and actually produce something. Right. I think another major point of this is that even when I have a sketch and an idea that I do want to pursue, um, it, 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 it almost never comes out in any fully formed way. Like there's always a, a, a period of time where I work like right now I have a whole album of music that's just been sitting on my hard drive for months because I'm, I, it's hard to stop iterating on it. It's hard to listen to it and be like, Oh, I could change that one a little thing. I go back, I change it. Like, you know, I'm not really sure that whole track even like meshes with the rest of these. I think I'm just going to pull it out. I've already done that. I had like X number of songs and now I have like X number minus three now just because over time I thought about it and said, no, those don't fit, you know. Um, Do they ever merge together? You're like, you've got two different effectively MVPs and you're like, and then you go back to me, you're like, no, these are kind of similar. I bet if I took this... You know, the chorus over there and the verse of this and, like, mashed them up. Yes. I I do feel like my development has totally informed my musical sensibility and that everything feels modular and ideas can merge, and they do, uh, or a a, a part of something, 
uh, you know, a, a track that I really liked, but I don't feel like I really, I want to take it in a, in a new direction. And so I'll go back to it and do it in a different way or change the style of it, you know, make it uh, chip tune as opposed to fully, mm. you know, recorded or something like that. So th- there's, for me, I, I, I feel very much that art is never finished, only abandoned. And so I feel like there's constant iteration until I grow tired of iterating. And then I either say it's done or I put it away for a potential use or never. So when would you release in that in that process? So, because you've got, at the time that you have what amounts to an MVP, yeah. you've got a song yeah. at that point. It's got a verse, chorus, a verse, a bridge. Mm-hmm. I assume intro and outro possibly at mm-hmm. that point. I don't know what actually goes into a song. Mm-hmm. Um, I barely know what most of those words I just said mean. Um, <laughs> at that point, you have a song. Yeah. And knowing you, you're not happy with it because mm-hmm. <laughs> it's never hundred percent because it's not done. Yeah. Do you release it at that point, or do you iterate on it further? Well, it also it depends <clears throat> a lot on how much I like it and am interested in it. If I there, there comes a point in time where like I'm just exhausted with one particular idea, and so at that point, if I think it's gotten to a good enough point, I'll release it. Or if I think it's it hasn't, then I'll just shelve it. And so that, that, you know, most of the time I will release it because I, at some point in my musical career came to a point where I'm like, okay, I'm not going to be a superstar. This is not going to be my career. My level of what is releasable is not like studio recording major label, you know, in terms of mixing and mastering and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm down more here. I mean, if this is like, you know, uh, recording, I'm, I'm, I'm using my hand. One, one hand is very low. This is at like, I'm recording it through a tin can, uh, you know, through a cell phone from 500 feet away. And in the middle is what most of the stuff I do is. And then the very top is, you know, studio recording with engineers and all that kind of stuff. You know, I, I, I don't want to pay the money. I don't want to spend the time. I don't have the need to reach that level. So I found a happy medium. And so most of my stuff gets to that point. And it gets released. And then some of it just doesn't quite get there even for me, and it gets shelled. Or it just stays in a perpetual state of not doneness, and maybe I'll go back to it, which right. is every which artist's is the, I'm, I'm never ideal happy box. In, I'm never happy enough with it to even right. let it see the light of day, but it, it has potential. Yeah, it has potential. I mean, I think that's just that's creativity in general. So what's really interesting about this, yeah. and I know this is a music dev, not an improv dev, episode but very yeah exactly it very much reminds me of not improv specifically but the sketch writing Mm -hmm. classes that i took with kevin mcdonald from kids in the hall uh where he talked about no that was more for you oh okay uh, (laughs) i'm leaving uh, that in though uh that's fine okay um (laughs) he talked about the way that kids in the hall did their sketch writing and this is fairly common in in sketch although not not I don't know if Saturday Night Live does it this way. I think they they much more come from a writer's, the yeah. writer's end of it. Well, because they have that time uh, yeah. deadline, you know. But like Kids in the Hall, I know that the way that they did it was they would improvise a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, basically jam. Yeah, effectively, um, and they would find so the way we did it in our class, just to simplify it, is we would do a scene, and then we would all talk about that scene. Like we would just. You know, we'd get a suggestion, we'd do a thing, and we're like, what was funny about that? Mm-hmm. Great. Now take that and go write a sketch that may or may not look exactly like what you did. The When mm. I did it, I remember we were digging a grave, 
and I casually killed a zombie that had risen with my shovel, but we were having a very mundane conversation. And it was a tiny, tiny part of the initial sketch, and it grew to become that nonchalance in this, in, the dichotomy. Yeah. The, absurd, showing the absurdity. absurdity but us handling it like it was an everyday occurrence. Right. You know, talking about, like, what are we going to do for dinner tonight kind of thing. Right. That became the joke. And, like, okay, so now we take that. So we had we had a scene uh-huh. in that initial thing. To me, that that wasn't even – that was the prototype. Uh, we did a scene that where we just were making it up as we went along, literally improvising. Took that and then refined it. Okay, uh-huh. what makes it funny? We brainstormed. We looked at it. What works? What doesn't work? And we made an MVP out of that, which was we wrote a sketch that we thought captured that. Mm-hmm. That's where I would consider an MVP. And then we performed that for our workshop again. And like, and eh, we missed the market. We went too far this direction. We mm-hmm. didn't go far enough this direction. We beat this joke into the ground too many times. We need a break somewhere and whatever. Yeah. And then we rewrote it. Um, and we kept iterating on it, refining it, until eventually it was like, that is a solid scene. We could perform that in front of people. Right. Um, and they would potentially pay us for this. Right? right. Like, it gets to that point. And, like, that process you described and writing software all feels very much like that. Yeah. It's hard when you talk about improv because it's a very ephemeral, one-off thing. Right. Often, except when you look at it in a larger context mm-hmm. and, like, your improv journey and the skills you need to pick up, That that's where it uh, jives more with software development, but sketch writing very much overlaps with what you just described musically and with my software development process that I've had over the years. Yeah, I mean, it's almost like, it's almost like all three of these disciplines, like improv and music and and development, like they all have kind of that jamming, brainstorming part of it, and then they have the uh, sketch writing part of it. Yeah. Like the jamming is the you know, get a bunch of people in a room and just start playing until some, until you find that nugget of wisdom and then you go write the sketch about it. Uh, I mean, I guess there's like code jams, you know, where people get together and just like, you know, the, the only thing with development is like, I don't ever just write code to write code. Like Same. code is like the thing that I use to make the thing, but it's there. It doesn't have the same intrinsic value that, like, just playing a guitar, a note on a guitar has. It's not necessarily fun to write code. It's not necessarily interesting to write code. The fun in programming, to me, is either learning a new thing or solving a new problem. Right. Either of those, that's where my serotonin gets released. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. and nowhere else in that process. Yeah. Most of the, like, uh, as opposed to improv, which is fun to perform, it's fun to be creative, and a music, I assume, is similar to that. Yes. Uh, I think often writing software is the thing I hear the most in the creative world that reminds me of the process of software development is listening to actual, like, authors, where they will stare at a blank piece of paper for eight hours and get in furiously mad at it and not do anything. Right. And then eventually they do. And it's that, that initial spark... And right. the completed project, great. Everything in between, awful. <laughs> yeah. I definitely don't just, like, stare at my guitar for eight <laughs> hours until inspiration hits. Like, it, it, it the, the whole point, the, the, my process has always been, like, I have a tool that allows me to express myself, and I kind of just uh, poke at it until something uh, arises that, like, oh, 
that was a cool thing. And then I take that and that's the nugget of something else, you know? Yeah, you're like, do something, poking it with a stick. And right, then eventually exactly. it's like, oh, it made a noise. Right, exactly. I so, like that noise that I just made. Right. Can I make that noise cooler? Right. Iteration. Right, cooler. But that's, <laughs> that's the thing is I never just like am playing on my guitar and somehow create an eight minute prog rock masterpiece in the, the moment, there's always a, a an iterative process. Yeah. Like may, maybe maybe like Bach or Beethoven just like sits down at sheet music and just he just wrote for Elise like blah. But I've never been able to do that. So that I don't know I don't understand that process. But maybe some people can do that. But for me, it's always been an iterative process. So I wonder with software, is there anywhere in there where there is that equivalent? Of the 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 fun playing around part, and I think somewhat writing that prototype mm-hmm. often can be. Yeah. And for me, and I know not a lot of people, but for me, the refactoring as I go, mm-hmm. I like to I like to refactor my code as I write. So mm-hmm. I will make it work and then make it work better. As mm-hmm. has been my motto as long as I can remember. Make it work, then make it work better. Uh, that's, that's how I always... That sounds very iterative, honestly. It is very iterative. And that's what I did in college. I would get, uh, an assignment from a professor and it's like, here's your input, here's your output, write a thing that does it. And I would write it the first way that popped into my head to do it so that it solved the problem. I was like, great, I have a thing that does this now. Now I can make it work better. Mm -hmm. Where... You know, it worked for the sample input. How do I make it work for the real input? Mm-hmm. Uh, Which is why you like Advent of Code so much. It is why I like that. <laughs> it's fun because yeah. I solved the problem once. Right. I tool it. I, I refactor it in such a way where I think it'll work on a larger scale, and then I try it and it didn't work, and then I get mad, and then I've got. And you fueled by anger. Yeah, and then I stare at the screen for eight hours, and, <laughs> and then nothing. <laughs> throw happens. it out. I swear a lot, and then. Yeah. No, but then you iterate on that and like, and then when you solve that problem, you have that breakthrough. That's fun again. Yeah. You know, I was just, you were asking like, what, what is the like playful jamming part of development? And I think more recently, uh, things with things like, um, I remember, I think it was Swift being one of the first languages that had like a, uh, like an REPL. Um, I forget what that stands for. It's like read, execute print loop or something like that. I don't know why it didn't actually... Bother. What does REPL stand for? Yeah. Read, read eval, print loop. I right. knew that. So, yeah. So, but but I remember Swift having Swift playgrounds. And so you had, like, the left side is where you wrote your code. And it, and instead of having to wait for something to um, compile, it, like, immediately as you're typing shows the output of what you're doing. That's why I like so interpretive... it's like a sandbox kind of a That's thing. why I like interpretive yeah. language. and so you can play with the language. Like, what happens if right. I just change this one character? Oh, it breaks the thing. Oh, right. now I fix it, you know? That's where you can come into, like, something like IRB for Ruby, yes. right? Yes, and PHP in- also has a thing. Python. Python has a thing, And, yeah. like, that's why when I'm solving problems, I like to be in the Python interactive shell. Right. I find that that's where I'm jamming. Right. That's absolutely... Can, it's like you can't jam with C. You can't. Yeah, and, and that's to, one of my issues with it. You have to know how it works. And honestly, that's one of my problems with JavaScript and TypeScript is... There, but you can't play with it in the browser. There is that concept, but it's not as native as it is for something like Python and Ruby. It's a bit more of a pain to hmm. bring that in. The experience is not as fluid as it is in some of the other languages. Well, if, if you're a web programmer, I would disagree. I think it's quite fluid because basically you can just open up a console at any time and start 
poking at the web page with JavaScript. I agree with that. Yeah. For web programming in particular, it yeah. seems to work. When you're using like Node yes. as the back end, that is less different. so. Yeah. Yes, I agree. And and I think that's probably <clears throat> why I gravitated towards web programming so early is that that like, oh, wait, I can just open up a dialogue at the bottom of this web page and like remove the logo by doing, you know, like yeah. find the image and remove element. That's why I like interpreted languages so much. Like I remember the first time I ran into Lisp in college was probably the first time I'd really used an interpreted language, uh, or at least one that had an interpreter that I could just start typing and immediately see that, but there was no compile step. Yes. And then I found Perl, and it did. I had that same option where I could just write a thing and it would do a thing. Mm-hmm. And then when Ruby and Python were big, um, well, I guess Python still is. Yeah, um, Ruby not as much But when, so when those came on the scene... Yeah. I gravitated towards them very much because of that. And I still often will find when I am trying to solve a problem, mm-hmm. I will go to Python or similar language, go into their interactive shell and just try some stuff, especially if I'm like pulling down data from a website and like manipulating it in some way. I'll almost always go into a terminal so I can just grab that data and have it there in a variable that I can start playing with. And then I'm like, Oh, that's what I want to do to it. Oh, that's how I write that regular expression. That's how I do this thing, whatever it is. Right. It's it's a very <laughs> useful tool, much like a musician. Like, um, imagine a musician writing music and not having, like, a piano or a guitar just in the room with them. And they just have to think of the music they want without being able to play around with it and iterate. Like, okay, I play this chord. Hmm, I don't think that should be a major chord. Let's try a minor chord. Mm, let's try a minor seventh chord. Right. You know, it's just, you just, you keep changing things until that indefinable trigger in your head is like, that's it, yeah. you know? And I'm sure there are people who can look at sheet music, for example, and immediately hear it in their head. Yes. And they can probably do that by writing it. And, you know, I mean, there's famously Beethoven had some hearing loss, um... And so it was like how the fact that he was able to do that, to produce music in spite of that means he probably had that ability. Yes. And I can write code without a compiler, but it might not work. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, you know, the, the only other iteration that I, that I thought of um, that, that dovetails with your first iteration definition of essentially it's just a loop. You know, you have like a, a condition or a, a, a collection and you're just iterating over it until you get to the end. I was thinking, and I brought this up before, I think in the looping music dev episode about um, n- not just uh, electronic artists, but electronic artists, like it's all about the loop. It's all oh, yeah. about the find the correct chunk of music and just loop over it until you get bored of it. Um, but that's another way to iterate over something. You know, you find just the collection of elements that sound cool and you just iterate over it until you get tired of it. That's a perfectly valid way to make music. And I mean, lots of early video games did that, you know, because they they, they couldn't fit a whole 10, you know, uh, minute orchestral piece. They had to just, you know, use uh, sine waves and, you know, white noise. So they found a 30 second, you know, loop of something and they just iterated over that until you know you quit the game yeah and if you iterate over the pieces of it if like if you break that down into component parts and you iterate over it and you make a slight modification to something or you modify how you iterate over it 
that's the basic of like classical music in and of itself, from what I understand, is like here's my theme, mm-hmm. and now I'm going to play it backwards in this part, and mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm going to iterate over it this way, or I'm going to change it to a minor in this iter- right. this time I iterate over. Yeah, it. I mean, a lot of classical melodies are like let's play this set of notes and then let's move them all down a step yeah. and play them, and that's a, that's a that's a, a classic classical move. Right. Uh, so yeah, I mean, the 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 idea that you start with like a program. And you write it and you're done, like, I think is not very realistic. You, instead, you start with something and then you work on it and you change things and you add things and you just... But but you have that, that nugget where it started. You know, I'm making a thing. I'm making X. And then you just, you know, it gets more and more complicated. But, like, it's all about revisiting stuff you've done, getting feedback on it, looking at it, thinking about it, changing, adding, extending. I mean, that's just, you know, both music and development, I think uh, it's a pretty core concept. So any parting thoughts on this? Anything you want to add? Anything you want to change? Or are we done with this particular iteration? I want to listen to the whole episode again, Mm -hmm. and then I will uh, have some refinements to it. And then we probably need to do that like, a handful of times. Okay. I think we made a similar joke on the looping episode and <laughs> I never did that. So uh, we'll get right to that. <laughs> uh, thank you for listening to this episode of Hacking the Grepson. You can go to hackingthegrepson.com and find uh, other uh, ideas that we have iterated on and turned into podcast episodes. Um, and until the next one, we now return you to your regularly scheduled lives already in progress. Bye.